Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hello, my name is Lance Wander, Secretary General of FEPS, and you are listening to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of uh, the Foundation. And today I have the pleasure to welcome uh, Professor Pierre-Emmanuel Guigot, who is a professor of contemporary political history at the University of Paris East, and he has been an author of uh, several important books on recent political history, including one on Michel Rocard, but very importantly, one on François Mitterrand. He's also a member of the expert network of Fondation Jean Jaurès, which is uh, a member of uh, FEPS. Professor, welcome to this program. And since uh, we would like to discuss with you a historic event, which is probably very distant for the young listeners of uh, Feb's talk, I would like to introduce this by telling a few other events, uh, recalling them from 1981. This is the year when Ronald Reagan uh, moved to the White House. This is the year when the first space shuttle, Columbia, was launched. Uh, Lady Diana Spencer married uh, the Prince of Wales. And in Egypt, uh, President Anwar Sadat was assassinated. And at the end of the year, martial law was declared in Poland. I think most of the listeners remember this, but putting together uh, that all this was happening in 1981 is uh, meaningful. And in the May of that year, François Mitterrand was elected president of uh, France, and he introduced a governing coalition between socialists and communists. Now, this fact in itself is something which is probably difficult to comprehend with today's mind. It doesn't look obvious. How did this election success and how this coalition happened in 1981. Thank you for your, your welcoming. And first of all, before uh, the election, there was no union. In fact, there was one, but uh, in 1972, a union between uh, socialists and communists. But this union exploded in 77. And in uh, 1981, there was two candidates for the left, two main candidates for the left, François Mitterrand, who was the candidate of the Socialist Party, and Georges Marché, who was the first secretary of the Communist Party, and who was also candidate for this Communist Party. So there was no union uh, during the presidential race, and it was at the end of this presidential race they decided to go together and to make a government together. But it was mainly a socialist government, and uh, the socialist uh, MPs, they have a large majority in the parliament. In fact, the union was not a complete one, not an equalitarian one, because it was a victory, first of all, of François Mitterrand. But in fact, this victory happened because the communists were used to vote for François Mitterrand. In fact, it was not the first candidature uh, of this uh, socialist candidate. He was first candidate in 1965 as a union candidate. It was the first uh, presidential election in France. And he was again a candidate in 1974 and also as a union candidate of the all left. So it was a kind of marathon for François Mitterrand. And he was not a very young president, which might um, be worth mentioning um, when uh, Emmanuel Macron is occupying uh, Elysée. You went back to uh, the 60s and the 70s to discover the origins 
of his presidency and mentioned uh, very importantly George Marshall who was the leader of the communist uh, but uh, from the late 1960s after the student revolts in Paris perhaps the new left was um, an energizing factor for a shift uh, towards more progressive politics in France is it the case and did it, did this appear as a significant factor in the 70s and the early 1980s yes and it plays in two directions it contributed largely to the victory of François Mitterrand in 1981 because a large part of the youngers of uh, 1968 uh, was able to vote first uh, in 74 and again in 81, and they contributed largely to renovate the Socialist Party, who was mm. at the end of the 60s on the bottom, with a large defeat uh, in 69 of the Socialist Party. And at the end of the 70s, it was uh, again a big party with a large uh, part of supporters, and actually young supporters. Mm. So it contributed to this uh, victory and to renovate uh, the party uh, with this uh, emergence of youngers Uh, in uh, 68. It contributed also to renovate the main theme, the main topics uh, of campaign of the Socialist Party. The Socialist Party at the end of the 60s was old party with an old ideology coming from Karl Marx and nationalization and all the, the main very old socialist uh, ideas. And 68 was the moment where emerged a lot of new topics like uh, self-management. You, you can also be a part of the power uh, inside the city, but also inside your, um, your firm. Uh, you can contribute uh, to share the power. Uh, you have also ecology, environment uh, will become uh, a new topic. You have also the right of women, uh, equality between women and men. And all these new topics contributed to renovate Uh, the image of the Socialist Party to renovate its program and contributed largely to the victory of uh, 81. But with this new generation coming from uh, 68, uh, a lot of new uh, leaders tried to, to push uh, François Mitterrand out of the Socialist Party and to be the new leader. And beyond all these new leaders was uh, Michel Rocard, Mm -hmm. uh, we tried to uh, to be the socialist candidate in 81, but in fact, he was defeated by François Mitterrand, was achieved group, the Socialist Party, beside him and was the main leader of the Socialist Party and, in fact, the main leader of the left. Look, uh, Mitterrand um, became a president altogether for two cycles. And in those times, two cycles meant 14 years, um, which is probably a record in French political history that cannot be overthrown uh, since the rules have changed in the meantime. And um, I wonder if it is possible to sum up his most important achievements in office in these uh, 14 years. How would you define a, a kind of top list of his achievements uh, in that period? The main achievements on the social side were uh, mainly at the beginning of his first uh, mandatory So in 1981, 82, 83, for instance, you have abolition of the death penalty. Uh, you have also a legislation for uh, 39 hours of work by week before it was 40. You have also uh, more paid holiday than before. And you have also uh, a new legislation for uh, inside the, the firm in order to share the power uh, between uh, the top manager and mm -hmm. all uh, the different uh, population inside uh, the firm. Uh, you have a lot of different application 
1981 and 1982 uh, to improve the power of, um, of the population and also to share the power and also uh, to share the, um, the growth at that time for the population. And also, in fact, to yes. fight the unemployment was the main topic of 81. To have also um, uh, big evolutions, particularly on the international side, uh, he was involved, for instance, on the construction of Europe. He uh, has a main role in this construction, particularly in uh, 87, uh, with the creation of uh, uh, unique markets, and also in uh, 33, uh, with uh, the creation of uh, Maastricht uh, and of uh, the European Union. He has a leading role in this creation. So Europe was one of the main involvements of François Mitterrand in his presidency. Yes, very interesting, uh, Lee. You highlight the construction of the European Union, in which, uh, alongside Mitterrand, Jacques Delors uh, was playing a major role, who was his first finance minister when he came to power. If I'm not mistaken, neither Mitterrand nor Delors were originally socialists at the start of their political journey. Did it have any significance? in your view, at a later stage, or it was just the origin and did not play a role at a later stage? No, I think uh, it played a role more than socialist. He was a Republican, uh, mm. so a man of the left, but at the origin, he was not on the left. He came from the right, in fact. And uh, it's at the beginning of uh, his political career, he decided to go uh, on the left, first uh, with uh, Pierre Mendes France, and uh, then uh, he became socialist in the 60s when de Gaulle uh, was the main leader of France. He was president de Gaulle and François Mitterrand became the first opponent of Charles de Gaulle uh, as a socialist, uh, particularly at the end of the 60s. And he was elected first secretary of the Socialist Party only in uh, 71. So quite late in his career. He was uh, uh, several times minister uh, before this date. So it was very, very late. But from uh, 71, he was completely the leader of the Socialist Party and he contributed to this election in 81. You mentioned the importance of building uh, the single market of Europe and also the Economic and Monetary Union arriving to the single currency. Uh, my question would be, did they, I mean Mitterrand and Delors, really know what they wanted? Did they have a kind of long-term vision or these were more kind of step-by-step developments regarding the uh, the design of uh, the monetary union because uh, in that five six seven years really a major transformation took place in terms of you know what the european union would look like did they have a definite idea i think it's the case for jacques delors who was a part of different uh, minister as a member of cabinets at the beginning of the 70s uh, and so was a large experience of european union and also from monetary problem for François Mitterrand, it was not a main preoccupation. The main idea of François Mitterrand was clearly to, uh, to complete uh, Europe, to build a big uh, political uh, European Union. And it was one of his main battles during the 40s. At the end of the 40s, he participated to different meetings of European leaders. So it was really one of his first battles uh, in his political career. <coughs> And so I think that more than a concrete uh, vision of what could be Europe mm -hmm. uh, and particularly uh, the monetary union, he has an idea to straighten the links between the different European countries and particularly between France and Germany. Because 
he was uh, during the Second World War, he was a soldier during the Second World War and also a resistant. And so for him, uh, the main priority was to build this very strong relation mm -hmm. between France and Germany. Yes, I think it is very well documented that he worked very, very close, sometimes hand in hand with uh, Cole, Helmut yeah. Kohl. Uh, but um, how significant was his relationship with leaders like Willy Brandt, who was at that time the leader of the Socialist International and, you know, preparing um, the cooperation framework in the Party of European Socialists? How significant this socialist network of international leaders was for him? Uh, the socialist network contributed to uh, the good links and to the, this construction of the European Union uh, particularly supporting the politics of, uh, of Jacques Delors, the policies of Jacques Delors. But the links between François Mitterrand and Willy Brandt were quite good, but not so strong, for instance, than between Willy Brandt and Michel Rocard. In fact, mm -hmm. Michel Rocard has, sorry to go to, uh, to this uh, topic, who was my PhD topic, but Michel Rocard, in fact, has a larger relations uh, inside the international socialists, or it was also the case for Pierre Mauroy, who was the first prime minister of François Mitterrand in 1981, who was also large links between all the socialist leaders in Europe, and who was, uh, during the 90s, the first secretary of the uh, International Socialist. In fact, uh, François Mitterrand has good relations with socialist leaders uh, of uh, European, uh, of over European countries, but not so good than, than uh, Pierre Mauroy, uh, who was his uh, first prime minister in 81, or Michel Rocard, who has also very good relations and uh, it, was, it could be explained because uh, Michel Rocard and Pierre Mauroy were seen as represented in France, the social democracy. Mm -hmm. François Mitterrand is not seen as a social democrat. He's more seen uh, as a true socialist, in fact, more on the left than the others. And uh, for instance, he was for uh, the nationalization of uh, large parts uh, of the uh, economy, uh, like the, the banks, uh, like also the, the industries for the, the armies and so on. And so he was seen as more socialist than uh, Michel Rocard or uh, Pierre Morin. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Um, can I turn to the broader European architecture? Because um, it also happened um, during the presidency of uh, Mitterrand that the Berlin Wall fell, mm -hmm. the German unification began. And a new all-European integration process was uh, launched. And in this point, I would appreciate if you could compare him especially to other European leaders like Margaret Thatcher, who was his uh, contemporary. Mm. And um, I think their reactions to the fall of the Berlin Wall differed significantly. Am I right to believe that um, Mitterrand was uh, much more forward-looking and uh, anticipating the real dynamics of um, this change and not only by going for the single currency uh, at the time of the German unification, but also allowing his advisor Jacques Attali to establish uh, a new multilateral bank, the EBRD, to finance the reconstruction in uh, uh, the East which was also very significant for you know, making this reconstruction a European project and not one exposed entirely to the IMF and the World Bank. So what was Mitterrand's uh, vision with the East-West question, if I may ask? 
In fact, there are still controversies between historians uh, about the, the point of view of François Mitterrand uh, about the, the fall of Berlin Wall. Uh, in fact, at the moment, some historians consider that he was surprised by this, uh, this fall of the Berlin Wall, and he was on the same uh, position that Margaret Thatcher, seeing this, uh, the, the union uh, of Germany as a big hope, but also uh, maybe... Uh, as a kind of uh, threatening of mm -hmm. Europe uh, because uh, it was a big Germany, because it was a big country at the center uh, of Europe and also because it was during uh, soldiers the Second World War. And so okay. historian uh, said that uh, uh, he tried to curb, in fact, uh, this, this union uh, of the whole uh, Germany because for him, the main priority was to build the Europe. And so he conditioned the uh, reunification of Germany to the construction of Europe and particularly to the Maastricht Treaty uh, and to the construction of the European Union two years after. Some historians now are showing that the things are more complex and that, in fact, he played in two directions. He tried to curb uh, the, uh, the reunification, but also he was uh, aware that, uh, in fact, we cannot stop this reunification. And it was a huge hop, and particularly uh, the fall of this partition of Europe between East and West was a huge hop and can create a bigger Europe and a strong Europe. And it, uh, he, he participated largely uh, to the different uh, insurrection uh, in Europe. Uh, he was in uh, Sarajevo uh, in uh, 94. He was in Romania uh, in, uh, 90, in uh, 89, sorry. And uh, he was very present. And he, as you said before, he helped largely uh, all the new uh, countries uh, to enter uh, in uh, democracies and in the Occidental, uh, in the Western side. You mentioned Sarajevo. I believe his flight to Sarajevo was extremely courageous. It was a kind of legacy message uh, that this European integration is not complete. And without addressing the instability in the Balkans, Europe is not doing its job. I'm sure he knew that he would not see the, the time when this problem is solved, but he wanted to leave a message that, um, that this is a very important task uh, for the Europeans. Is this the right reading of his flight to Sarajevo? Yes, and there are still controversies also between historians. Uh, in fact, there are a lot of controversies at the end of second mandatory yes, of François Mitterrand. But uh, it was one uh, because he went to, uh, to Sarajevo in 1994, but he has also an ambiguous strategy on this conflict and, and how to react. Uh, and some politicians of that time pushed uh, France to be involved more in the war and to have a, a true solidarity uh, with, clearly, uh, with Bosnia and to uh, send uh, arms to uh, Bosnia. But François Mitterrand uh, refused uh, this solution, preferring negotiation and peace before real uh, military help. Okay, um, thank you so much. Uh, but I would not like to finish without um, an additional question, which is um, a kind of lesson for social democracy. I read a recent article on Mitterrand, which was uh, written from a kind of political economy point of view, and it was saying that Mitterrand's experience is a microcosm of the fate of the entire social democratic left in Western Europe since the 1970s. Is this an exaggeration or um, his experience as a president and a socialist leader was so significant for the entire uh, progressive left? 
Uh, it's inter interesting because the victory of François Mitterrand was in fact at a time when social democracy was largely defeated in uh, world Europe because he was elected in 91 and it was the end of the experience uh, of socialism in a lot of European uh, parties. It was the case for uh, United Kingdom. It was the case uh, also for uh, Sweden. It was mm -hmm. near to be the case for Sweden. It was near to be the case for Germany and a lot of other uh, European countries. So it was a victory against the conservative wave of that time. And I think it's a quite good message to understand how to reconstruct uh, the left uh, in nowadays, because in a large part of Europe, uh, socialist parties are in fact uh, more and more reduced uh, to part, but a little part of the political spectrum. And so if the socialist party wants to be elected and to want the election, they need Uh, in fact, a coalition, they need a union. And uh, in fact, the victory of François Mitterrand, the good proofs that a union is necessary to win and Socialist Party cannot uh, uh, win an election alone uh, without a coalition in the left and without other partners. Uh, and it's also a good message, a good vision uh, that the Socialist Party need also to absorb new mm -hmm. topics Uh, and particularly uh, in nowadays, uh, the question of uh, environment, the question of, um, of uh, gender, and so on. Thank you very much for all this insight. I think um, we learned a lot from you, linked to the experience of François Mitterrand, who came to power 40 years ago. I think you highlighted um, that um, this um, electoral success was based on a reconstruction of uh, the left using um, the energies of the youth. Mm -hmm. incorporating many new ideas um, and especially uh, a commitment to European integration to move it forward, but based on uh, a social dimension as well as a commitment to peace. And um, I think there are many lasting uh, values and lessons in this experience, even if, as you pointed out, some elements are always discussed by historians and some will say, okay, this or that element is still uh, controversial. Um, but this was indeed um, an exceptional performance in um, uh, those times, the 1980s and 90s. And um, I think everybody should be encouraged to read and reread the details and the lessons of uh, that period. Uh, Professor Gigok, thank you so much for being with us uh, uh, today. Um, we didn't have um, time for uh, much more, but I think these points were very, very important to Um, explain the achievements of those 14 uh, years. Thank you very much for your invitation and for Thank your you. questions too. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag Talks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.